So where are we? The average black household has one-tenth the wealth of the average white household. This didn't happen by accident. It happened by policy. We, the majority culture, told them where they could live and where they couldn't. Then we moved most of the jobs to the places we told them they couldn't live. When the predictable explosion of unemployment and poverty resulted in a predictable increase in drug use and crime, we criminalized the problem. We built $19 billion of new jails and sold grenade launchers to the police. As a result, a white boy born in America today has a 1 in 23 chance of going to prison in his lifetime. For a black boy, it's 1 in 4. And that is why people are angry. I'm not here to tell you what the right solutions are, because I don't know. I'm just here to ask you to do one thing. It is the thing that begins every journey to a solution for every problem. What am I asking you to do? Care. He just made a little opening there, but it's a lie. It's a total lie. When in talking about racism. And so I'm still wondering what is the difference as to when I was growing up, and some of you know that I grew up on a plantation down in Alabama, and it wasn't anything like it is today. And even when I became an adult and I moved from uh, Alabama to Indiana. And from Indiana to California, things were not the way they are today. But I noticed that the morality, the character is, is that natural knowing how to live and to treat others and how to be is not there. And then this guy, this stupid guy that just spoke right now, Phil, uh, saying that this is why racism exists and this is what happened. It's not true. The re First of all, there's no such thing as racism. It's just not true what he's saying, and he calls himself a Christian, this field, this, uh, field guy. That's from uh, Holy Post. That opening that you just saw, the guy is outright lying all in the name of Jesus. And it's like he doesn't know about morality. And so I'm thinking about this. What is the difference between now and when I was growing up? And so when I was growing up, the difference is evil has always been there. But it was like an underlink. It was like it was being contained by the Christians of America at the time. Uh, there were Christians were leading then. And so there were things that they just would not allow evil to come to the forefront with. I remember Fallware and all those guys, they would fight. And then black Christians, too, they fought against evil. You couldn't corrupt the kids in school. You could not have pornography everywhere. I remember when the battle first started with the uh, magazine pornography stuff. It was a serious battle because the Christians were leading the way in the country at the time. And they just didn't allow these people to come forth with their evil. But now that Christianity is no longer Christianity, in namesake only, but it's so 
watered down and nice and weak. That evil is just in the forefront having its way. And the Christians seem not to understand that the purpose of evil is to rob, steal, destroy, and kill. It has no love in it at all. And so the end of it is death. It's not life. It's death. And for this guy feel to say what he just said, it's just pure evil. You have Christians supporting and pushing evil. Black lives matter. They're in favor of it. How, what the? That guy with the intro you just saw, uh, I had never heard of him before this morning, but apparently he is a, quote unquote, he is the creator of a Christian animated series called Veggie Tales. He grew up with a single mother. He said his dad walked out when he was nine. Well, no wonder he's so emotional, father for a lie. Emotional people can't help but fall for a lie. So why are so people why still, still upset? upset? Today, Today the, average the average black household, household has 60% of the income of the average white household, household but only one-tenth of the household, household wealth. wealth. Why does that matter? Well, household wealth helps send kids to school, helps launch small businesses, stabilizes loss of income, and helps families survive catastrophic events like divorce or unemployment. So why are people still upset? Today, the average black household has 60% of the income of the average white household, but only one-tenth of the household wealth. Why does that matter? Well, household wealth helps send kids to school, helps launch small businesses, stabilizes loss of income, and helps families survive catastrophic events like divorce or unemployment. By the turn of the 20th century, every state in the South had mandated racial segregation by law, Jim Crow laws. The number one source of intergenerational wealth in America is home ownership. In 1934, the Federal Housing Administration created a risk rating system to determine which neighborhoods were safe investment for federally backed mortgages. Black neighborhoods were deemed too risky, marked off in maps with red ink, in a practice now known as redlining. There were Jim Crow laws. I grew up under the Jim Crow laws in Alabama. And we knew that the Jim Crow laws were created by the Democratic Party. And at the time, most black people were Republicans. And so that's why the Republican Party was formed, because the blacks were not welcome into the Republican, into the Democratic Party because it hated black people and they wanted to keep the races separated. But that didn't have one iota of a thing to do with wealth, so-called wealth and the economy or any of that stuff. Black people were still earning their way because they were not angry. And there were two parents in the home under the Jim Crow laws. A black daddy and a black mama. A black granddaddy and a black grandmama. And this guy's lying. That's not, it has nothing to do with racism. Why, if, and the reason that blacks have, little, have less money than the whites. Because back in those days, my family member would buy land. They encouraged us to do the same thing. We never went a day hungry. Um, 
we never went a day without a job. And all of my uncles and aunts who were older than me, when they became adults, moved away. They got jobs. They bought homes. All of them bought homes. And if not all, most of their children bought homes. And now their children are buying homes. We were taught that way. We didn't go around comparing households or wonder why the white people had more than the black people. It wasn't even thought of. So this guy is a bald-faced liar. And the red lining and all that. Black, blacks were not paying their bills. They were borrowing money to buy homes and things like that in the city. And they wouldn't pay their bill. Wouldn't you redline too? It had nothing to do with racism. I even know there were black banks in South Central L.A. Owned by blacks. And they loaned black people money. And the blacks did not pay it back. And the banks went out of business. Because the banks are in business to make money. Men, this is an emergency call. Get out of mama's house, overcome mama, and become a man. I used to wonder, and then I'll take some call. I used to wonder down, I used to see homeless people downtown Los Angeles when I first started Bond, maybe even before. And I wonder, I wonder what happened to them that they gave up on life. If the household economy is less now in the black community or with black people, it's because they only have one person in the home working. Well, that person might not be working. That person be on welfare, the mother. And the father is out bombing around somewhere. So this Christian guy is lying and he's pushing evil and he's trying to sound so nice and so humble and so sweet, but he's lying. I, I, I have an aunt she and her husband got married when I was really young. Under the Jim Crow laws, down in Alabama. And they bought Buku land. And they had truckloads of children. And their children all finished high school and went on to college. Every one of them. All of them. So this guy is lying about racism. And he doesn't realize he's setting himself up to be hated by the by the bummy black people who don't want to be responsible for themselves. It was so not real when he said it's hard to believe that a Christian would sit there and make a video outright lying, unless he just believed a lie doesn't know the real deal. It's hard for me to believe it. Under the Grim Crow laws, homeless people were unheard of. I don't know the homeless people I didn't see drug addicts and drug dealers when I was growing up. And I would travel from Indiana to Alabama at times. I didn't see, um, I knew one alcoholic that was in my family, but he was a functioning alcoholic, meaning that he would go to work, provide for his family, then he'd get drunk. <laughs> but he was still a decent man. So this feel, if y'all ever run across feel, viscera, Visser, Visser, let Phil Visser know he's a liar, a deceiver, all in the name of Jesus. He's lying. I grew up there, folks.
And during those days, morality, a belief in God, was more important than anything else. It was to the point that I was taught to work, and when I say me, everybody around me, my brothers, my sisters, everybody. And to men were to leave home at 18, prepare, go get a job, start your career, and if you wanted a family, at that time they were saying 25 was the age to do it. Men were to buy a home, don't move into the woman place. That was unheard of because it wasn't the order of God and it wouldn't work. And women didn't like it either. They ain't want no man moving. What's wrong with you? You're supposed to be a man. You ain't going to move in my place. You're supposed to be the provider. It was commonplace. So it was so ingrained and beautiful that it was so securing. You never thought once that you wasn't going to make it in life. Because you were trained not only by morale. And, and you had a little thing going on, you know. But it was embarrassing if you were a slut maker, right? And there were sluts. You didn't brag about being a slut maker? Maybe to your friends, you know, you would tell your male friends, oh, I went out and I slut made last night. And I made a slut. But it was still a sense of embarrassment. You wouldn't let the adult parents know about it or any adults because you knew it shouldn't be that way. So anyway, it was so ingrained that at 25, I told you, I woke up on the morning of my 25th birthday and I thought to myself, I am 25 years old. I got to go buy a house. Because it had been put in me to believe in that way. And so I had no doubt that I could get a house. I've not had doubt about my life at all. I didn't expect my life. I didn't know my life was going to turn out the way it is now, but I never had any doubt that I could not provide for myself. And so I woke up that morning, 25 years old, didn't have a down payment. I had a job, but not a down payment on a house. But I knew I had to get a house. So I had no doubt about getting a house. I went and introduced myself. I went into a, a uh, realtor business. Didn't know what it was. I introduced myself. And I told one of the realtors, it was a woman at the time, a black lady. I said, hey, I am 25 years old. I got to get a house. <laughs> Isn't that amazing when I think about it? It's just, it, it's unreal. If white people are making more money than blacks today, it's because white people have two parents, two people in the home. And those who don't have it, they're going down the same road as, as the black. They're suffering eco uh, economically. And this guy is asking as though more money and and all whatever you said job would stop black violence and black immorality. It would not stop it. We've given the blacks money. In 1970, 70% of African-American men had good blue-collar jobs. By 1987, only 28% did. As unemployment skyrocketed in African-American communities, so did drug use. As drug use increased, so did crime. In 2006, one in 106 white men was behind bars. For black men, it was one in 14. For black men between the age of 20 and 35, the age where families are built, 
it's one in nine. And so he should finish out that statement or comment, whatever he said. And the reason is black people stopped getting married. Black people relied on the government to take care of their family. Black women start having babies to get more paid government money. He's leaving out the cause because he wants to blame white people. I'm not here to tell you what the right solutions are because I don't know. What a shame. He's leaving out the blame on the blacks. He's trying to blame someone else. Black people turned away from God. Black people turned away from family. Those blacks who stayed with family, marriage, having babies under the umbrella of marriage and being a good example, they're doing fine. Some of them are jumping on board because they think there's a reparation that's coming. If you're going to talk about this stuff, and you really care, you need to be honest with the blacks. You can't go, this is not how human beings act unless they're falling away from what is right. Nothing what these people are doing can be justified. None. There's a cause and effect. And fear of vicious, you are a deceiving liar. I don't know if you're afraid or you just don't know or what. What a mess. And Christian, you got to become proactive. You need to. The Christian can't do it, though, because they are afraid. All in the name of Jesus. They they waiting for the Jesus to come back. We're just going to sit and wait on Jesus and pray. And say, you're like, oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all just sit and wait for Jesus and pray. I'll take care of the rest out here. Waiting on the Lord. And the Lord has already come. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson Radio Show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. <laughs>